0: Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, thoughts from the final Timberwolves Summer League game. Yes, they lost again on Saturday, but still some positive takeaways uh, by kind of the same Wolves that have played well throughout Summer League. So we'll put a bow on that. Plus, uh, Timberwolves players in the World in FIBA World Cup this August, uh, players that we know will be appearing in which countries they'll be playing for. And also a few thoughts on the draft. More praise for the Timberwolves, uh, the way that they handled the draft with only the one-second pick going into it. And then considering who they came out of it with, why they handled it so well, um, some thoughts from a a national publication that I want to talk through. So, all that today on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's prizepix.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Happy Monday, everybody. Hopefully, you had a fantastic weekend. A big thank you right here off the top for making Locked On Wolves your first. Listen every single day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can find Locked Wolves. You can also watch on the Locked On Sports Minnesota app, along with all the other Minnesota podcasts with Locked On. Just download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on either Roku or Amazon at Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7 for free. Again, the Locked On Minnesota Sports app, excuse me, Locked Sports Minnesota app, on either Roku or Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked T Wolves and also at my account, which is at B Beacon. And that's with two B's, two E's, CK, EN. All right. Uh, summer League's over. The Timberwolves finished with a disappointing, uh, to say the least, one in five record, losing on Saturday to the previously winless Charlotte Hornets, who had been 0 4. The Wolves won their first game, I guess it was, right? And then lost their next four. So I still have a few more takeaways that I w- from this game specifically but I, I think for the most part they've followed. We saw a couple new things that I'll get to here in a second. For the most part it follows my thoughts from the rest of Summer League. And I do want to do one final kind of run at like the overarching takeaways. Uh you know, I during the regular season for post game pods I do studs and duds for individual players from each game. I kind of want to do that for the Summer League, and, and I'll do that on Tuesday's show. Um, so today, this is specific to Saturday, but again, there's some common themes, some new stuff we saw Saturday. So we'll do that here off the top, and then a couple more things I want to get to related to kind of going through Tyrell's players in the World Cup, uh, who we're going to get to see play later this summer here in about, I don't know, five weeks or so in FIBA World Cup. And then also there was another article, I, I guess it came out a little while ago, but basically draft grades from a respected draft analyst that I want to talk through And kind of underscore, like, hey, you know what we saw from Leonard Miller in Summer League. This is uh, this is what we can expect, right? Um, So we'll do all that here on the show today. Let's start though with with the finale of Las Vegas Summer League, and that was the Timberwolves' loss, ugly loss to the Hornets. They ended up only, well, I say only, they lost by seventeen, but they were down by twenty plus for stretches against the uh, the Charlotte Hornets on Saturday. The Wolves went with a similar starting lineup, although they did put in Theo John, the Minnesota native, former Marquette big, former Duke big, at center. And Trevion Williams came off the bench, only played three minutes. I think they were all in the second quarter. And then Wendell Moore Jr. was able to play again after missing, he missed two games. He played the first and then the, what, fourth and fifth games of Summer League. So it was good to see him on the floor. We'll talk about him here in a minute. Um, the, The biggest things here from this one are related to... I think we saw mostly more of the same. We'll start here. Let's start with DJ Carton because I think he's kind of the story of Summer League for me uh, beyond Leonard Miller being what we thought he was and maybe a little bit more and Josh Minett showing the progression that we've wanted to see. But DJ Carton to me, I I think he's a legitimate candidate for that final two-way spot. I talked about this extensively. I think it was Friday's show. But he had another 11 points and seven assists. He was a little bit more inefficient, four of 11 shooting, but... He was two or three outside the arc. I thought the three point shot became much more confident. Like he was just kind of catching and shooting, letting it fly with less thought as summer league went on. It's and I don't know. If, I don't know this for sure, but maybe the coaching staff was like, "Hey, man, if you catch the ball and you have a sliver of space, shoot it. You need to show you can catch and shoot from the perimeter to play guard in this league." And so we saw that in the last two games, after some, some real hesitation in games two and three, really from outside the arc. Carton was catching and shooting with confidence in games four and five of Summer League, and he knocked on a couple in this one that were really, at least there was one where he really had a hand in his face. He just let it fly. He also had a nice take. I think it was third or maybe early fourth quarter um, going to the basket, which was one of his two other made field goals in the game. But I I love his aggression on both ends of the floor. And his playmaking, he had a couple of very nice passes off the bounce. There was one early in the game where he went to his left and kind of slung a pass from underneath the basket to the opposite corner and evaded a couple of defenders that were in the passing lane, really. And it's that sort of creativity and willingness to make that pass. He did have four turnovers, and turnovers have been an issue for him both in the G League and in the summer league, and and you know that continues to be. Like, he's not a pure point guard, right? He's really more of a true combo guard where he's a scoring guard and a point guard's body, but he also has that playmaking acumen. Like, I'm starting, there's shades of, I think he's more athletic than Jalen Noel, and I think he's got, he's a little more dynamic. Um, and I don't think he's as good of a pure shooter. Now, of course, Jalen Noel shot the ball miserably this last year, but two years ago, he shot the ball very well. He shot the ball well in college. Noel at least has a very comfortable looking mid range jumper and range that really should extend beyond the arc DJ carton. It, it it's more about the athleticism and getting to the basket. And, and of course the defense, which is the, the main difference between the two is I think he's, he can be a very good defender carton can, but I think he's a scoring guard with the ability to play make. And that has some intrigue to me now, of course you're not going to ask your two way player to like come into an important NBA game and, and run your, your bench unit essentially, So maybe it doesn't make sense to have him on a two-way deal. But I think there's some intriguing upside there. And if the Wolves can keep him in Iowa, where he was last year, I'd be a little surprised if somebody else didn't come after him, either for a two-way deal, you know, like a rebuilding-type team, looking for somebody on a two-way deal. Like, I, I mean, DJ Carton, to me, would be very attractive. For a contending team... You got to stash him in the D- G League or, you know, I guess maybe, but the Wolves have kind of already used their third two-way spot to stash Jalen Clark, right? Because he's out for the year, probably at least for the next several months. So can you afford to burn two two-way spots with guys that aren't going to play much, if at all? Uh, because I don't think DJ Carton's NBA ready, but there's, I think, a lot of upside there. Um, and, and the athleticism, the activity on defense, the playmaking ability, I think the reads he was making to me were more advanced than I expected to see. And I, I mentioned this the other day, but in the open floor, kind of hit ahead passes, getting the ball to the spots it needs to be in the break and in the secondary break were very impressive. And, and that's the type of player that the Wolves could use if he was a bit more polished off the bench. And again, the, the shooting efficiency wasn't great. I thought he should have gotten the line more than a couple times. He was aggressive going to the basket, had a dunk attempt. I think it was the opening possession where he tried to just straight posterize somebody. Um, that aggression is very attractive for somebody coming off the bench for the Wolves. And and there's upside, I think, to DJ Carton. And again, this is, I believe, the third straight game. He led the Summer League Wolves in minutes, and this wasn't close. He had played five more minutes than anybody else on the roster. So I think the Wolves are trying to get a good long look at him and say, can he be a guy that makes the roster? And I've been saying this since, I think, the opening game, um, at least since game two, that I think he has been the most intriguing player of Summer League for me in a Wolves uniform. Uh, because mostly I didn't know a ton about him before Summer League, other than, you know, a little bit of the G League that I'd watched and then his stats from the G League and the fact that the Wolves clearly wanted him, you know, they wanted to get another look at him. So, um, yeah, I I was very intrigued by DJ Carton. Uh, Quickly about Wendell Moore, and I want to talk about Miller here in a minute. Wendell Moore, I thought, had a pretty good game. Yeah, the one of six from outside the arc's not great. You'd love him to have more than two assists, but he opened the game. uh, This might have also been the first possession after the missed dunk from from uh, carton if i'm remembering right but he went in and had a nice turnaround kind of turnaround jumper from the mid-range had another one later in the game hit a couple of turnaround jumpers in this game and then of course goes one of six on three but looks comfortable with these high degree of difficulty mid-range turnarounds um, i thought moore played pretty well i'd like to see him be a little bit better on the ball defensively i'd like to see him obviously shoot the ball better from the arc but like I didn't think he played great in the first game. He got hurt, didn't play in the next couple of games. And, and I thought he looked pretty solid in the final two games. And he he has a little bit of that do-stuff ability the Wolves need out of whatever role he would potentially play this year. I still think he's in the overall depth chart. And of course, positions do matter. But like, if you're just saying, okay, here are the 14 guys in the Wolves roster currently, where does everybody sit? I mean, Moore's probably like 12th, right? Like, I mean, he probably only would get minutes ahead of... of uh, Miller and actually that might be about it right maybe McLaughlin I don't know um because I think Josh Mina has an easier path to minutes obviously there's newcomers that make up your top 10 so Morris got a, a I think a tricky path to development if they thought he was ready they probably don't split up that that remaining cap space and pick up Milton, Alexander Walker, and Brown Jr., right? They probably would only sign two guys and maybe spend a little bit more dollars to make a more serious run at somebody else. I don't know who that would have been because there were guys that got a lot more money than we thought they would, like, say, Bruce Brown. Um, so maybe that's not feasible anyway, but, like, if they thought he was ready for rotation minutes, they wouldn't have done what they did. Now, they also only, as we talked about the other day, I think it was Thursday's show, the Wolves only guaranteed the first year for Troy Brown Jr. and Shake Milton. So the Wolves clearly think, hey, if Moore can figure this thing out, he could be a rotation guy in two years. But they're not banking on that this year. I thought there was some growth shown in the three games he played, um, but there's clearly there wasn't like an obvious leap, I don't think. All right, let's talk about Mina and Miller, and then we'll, we'll be done talking about Saturday's game and move on to a couple of other topics I want to get to, as I mentioned off the top. So we'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at Prize Picks. If you have not played Prize Picks before, it's a ton of fun. You can play any sport, by the way. So it doesn't have to be basketball, right? It's, it's obviously not, I mean, Summer League's over now too. But you can play MLB, you can play uh, college sports, um, golf, anything that's going on this summer, you can find over at Prize Picks. If you're not familiar, it's super easy to play pick two to six players over at prize picks. If they'll score more or less than their prize picks projection, in whatever category based on the sport, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people either. It's just you versus the projections available. They offer projections on any sport that you watch that includes the NBA, of course, also NFL, which kicks off here in not too long, but also baseball, uh, NHL, uh, golf. As I mentioned, any, any college sport, really tennis. I mean, you can find disc golf and European basketball there. So I, I, Pretty positive. World Cup's going to be on there here in a few weeks. So there's plenty to choose from. Plus, you can make your entry in less than 60 seconds. It really is that easy. Download the Picks app or go to PrizePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. A big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, every day, as I mentioned, tomorrow we'll do key takeaways or I guess overall studs and duds from Summer League on the show. We are still daily throughout the week. I want to get into some more free agency and draft unpacking, if you will, as we um, move through the offseason. But we're still daily all this week and all next week. So be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you again tomorrow. Um, All right, so let's kind of finish talking about Saturday's summer league finale for at least the Wolves edition of the summer league. Um, I thought Josh Minot played a really good game and and the line doesn't pop maybe as much as a couple of the other ones, but well, let me, let me kind of offensively. I think he did. I think defensively, he struggled a little bit in this game. He had one really nice weak side block. He, I thought point of attack though, there was like one closeout in the corner um, and this, this wasn't the only time it happened, but there's one that stuck out where, the instinct to cover the corner was great. It was an X out. He had to run it. He was covering the player in the slot, but because of penetration, um, the the guy guarding the player in the corner had to kind of sag and be the low man. So mine had to X out to the corner, but it was a really sloppy closeout. And he tried to force the uh, the Charlotte offensive player, I forget who it was, to go baseline. But instead of going baseline, the the guy from Charlotte just just it dribbled around Josh Minot, who was who was like literally like guarding him on the side of like his back to half court, front facing the baseline. And instead of going baseline, the guy just dribbled around him, got to the basket and scored. It was just poor um it wasn't even in a defensive stance. It was like reminiscent of like uh, rookie year Andrew Wiggins with the Wolves. Like I mean it, it wasn't good technique by Minot. The instinct to cover the corner was correct but, like, the technique was very poor. We saw, I saw a little bit of that on the perimeter. One of the things I had mentioned a week or so ago about what I wanted to see going into Summer League, I guess a week and a half ago now, was I wanted to see Minot's point of attack defense. And it just wasn't quite up to stuff, certainly not in this last game. I think there were moments that were good. I still think the help side defense is great. The rebounding is solid. The the kind of the off ball we saw, I think it was games like two and three and four, especially in the middle of, of Summer League, he was grabbing steals by the, by the, bunches, um, like, uh, which is not a real expression, but I mean, he was the, the off ball defense was on point. The pass, the way he was playing passing lanes was impressive. The point of attack defense left a little bit to be desired desired. I I thought that was pretty clear in this last game. And and he's nowhere on the level of say, AJ McDaniels, which is the type of defender you'd like him to be. Well, that's not necessarily true. McDaniels is certainly a, more of a three and mine, it's more of a four, but that kind of three, four hybrid, right? Not a guard, but McDaniels is a three that can guard guards and guard some fours. Mine, is a four that in theory can guard threes, but you need to see more. Um, and, and I do think he's going to play more of that. Like I mentioned Brandon Clark uh, uh, many times in the past is kind of a, he's a different version of that type of player where you're going to see the, the help side blocks, you're going to see the rotations. Um, and I was impressed with his low-man rotations. I was impressed with some of those instincts. But though the instincts for Minot and the ability defensively are not, say, what Leonard Miller's are. Different players. But Miller was better in all those areas, right? Both point of attack and also getting to the spot on rotations down low, things like that. Miller seemed more comfortable with that as somebody, and I would guess they both played a lot the G League last year, right? Miller actually played more. So Miller got more on-court experience last year in his first year as a pro, played for G League Elite versus what Minot got with the Wolves. And and I'm not saying that that's why, and I'm not saying that Miller is certainly ahead of Minot. I think Minot has an easier path to minutes still because he's been in the Wolves organization a year longer. Um, and I also think that the, the I, I think Leonard Miller still has a, I'm kind of, talking about both of them at the same time now but i kind of think miller certainly has a higher ceiling and and more um he could do more with the ball in his hands he needs the ball in his hands more often than josh minot whereas minot who even spoke to this he had a quote the other day about how basically like hey i know my role is is not to come down and jack a bunch of threes it's actually here i've got the quote here it was transcribed somewhere um uh, yeah, it was actually originally from a John Krasinski piece at The Athletic. He said, they're not trying to see me coming down in jack five threes. They're trying to see me come down and lock up their best player, stuff like that. Cut a lot of off-ball action, screening, rolling, slipping, being able to knock down a corner three if need be. Overall, in terms of what I can do, it's whatever a team's missing. That's my nuts quote. That's what I was saying before summer league that we needed to see is exactly that. It's the the doing other stuff. It's the ability to fill in all these other roles, fill in the gaps. And I thought for the most part, offensively, he did that really well. He even had a nice take in the second half of this game, which I'd been worried about after seeing him kind of stumble his way to the basket a couple of times when he got out over his skis early in summer league. I thought he picked his spots well in this game offensively. It was the defense that concerned me. So just more consistency. But I think he can fit in offensively from day one easier than Leonard Miller simply because he's a lower usage player and can use his size and athleticism um, to play in the dunker spot, to slip screens. We saw a ton of that. We actually saw there was a play really early in this game, early in the first quarter on Saturday with DJ Carton and Josh Minen in pick and roll where Minot slipped another screen. Carton hit him in stride. Uh, like a like a quarterback would, and for a lay in at the rim for Minut, and we saw him get an alley oop off that early, and I think it was game three. Like Minut is is really really good at that, and and it's it's actually the Wolves tried that a little bit with Jared Vanderbilt with like first possessions of games a couple of years ago, and Vando never really had the hands, certainly not that Minut does. But I think both Minot and Miller are guys where if they ever were to start a game, that's a great opening possession is what the Wolves did throughout Summer League, which is like, hey, we're going to pick and roll. But if they play it this way, slip the screen, just go right to the basket. We're going to get you a lob or we're going to hit you in stride for a dunk or a layup. Um, and and Minot seems very comfortable doing that. That's a role that he could play, which is like a Brandon Clark-like role, right? Like play the four and and be that role man. That That's your offensive role, but also be able to knock down an open three. That's the piece. Um, he, he's maybe looks a little co- more comfortable shooting threes than he did a year ago, but the results were not there in summer league for minor. And again, we'll talk a little bit more about the overarching, um, I guess, uh, takeaways from summer league studs and duds individually on Tuesday show. So we'll get into some of those numbers Tuesday. Lastly, Leonard Miller. I thought this was another solid game 13 and seven. It was great to see him do more glass work. Although a lot of that was frankly rebounding his own misses. There were some. A couple of nice offensive rebounds, uh, but he had five offensive rebounds, and at least three of them were off of his own misses, which is good. Like, those count the same, right? There's still additional tries at the cup, um, and so I'm not denigrating that, but those were five of his seven boards. He had 13-7, 4-14 four shooting, 1-3 and of three outside the arc, which was a nice catch to shoot deep from the top of the key, top of the arc, 4-4 at the line, was pretty aggressive offensively, and it just was a well-rounded game, again, for Leonard Miller, solid defensively, and again, we will put a bow on his summer league overall on Tuesday's show, so a good game for him. Nothing super notably off the bench. I should mention Javante Cook. Um, he had been pretty quiet and had one really bad game. It was the first or second one where he was. it was unsightly, but he came off the bench of this game, played 22 minutes, which was third on the team. And in, in terms of minutes, 16 points led the team in scoring a couple of assists, seven of nine shooting, was had some really nice flashes. And I remember liking him last year. Um, I, I don't think he's got a path forward on this team but uh, or this season on the Wolves, but nice game from Javante Cook for sure. Otherwise, the bench was relatively quiet. Um, for Ron Hunt, the Wolves clearly tried to get a longer look at him. He had some good moments again in this one, but he also had some not-so-great moments. He missed at the rim a couple of times, um, but... Still, I think he's still a candidate for that final 2A. In fact, he may have a better shot than Carton simply because he's more NBA ready and would play a role that the Wolves always need, um, which is, you know, defenders, wing defenders, right? Athleticism, size. Carton has some of that stuff. He doesn't have the size and he doesn't have the polish. You know, Hunt's played in a couple of NBA games. He's got a little more G League experience even than Carton. So I think Hunt probably has a better shot at a 2A than Carton, even if Carton's got the higher ceiling as a prospect. Um, But anyway, I thought the Wolves were clear that they wanted a longer look at Ferran Hunt uh, in the final two or three games of Summer League. All right, that's enough Summer League for today. I do, you know, again, Tuesday show will be all about it. I want to get into some World Cup and some final draft thoughts, uh, maybe not final draft thoughts, but some additional draft thoughts. So we'll do that here next uh, before we close the show. All right, I guess in continuing the spirit of Summer League, I, I wanted to to quickly kind of rattle off, I meant to do this a while ago and just didn't get to it, but Sam Vecini over at The Athletic, I talked about how on his big board before the draft, he actually had Leonard Miller as the number 13th overall prospect. The number 13th overall prospect of the draft. He had him as a lottery pick, a lottery pick grade on Leonard Miller. And of course, he went 33rd to the Wolves. And uh, Vecini had this write-up where he he wrote up, I think he graded every team's draft. And so he took the Wolves selection and he factored in um, the the Gobert trade, because that's how the Wolves, uh, well, that's how they ended up with the pick that they got, right? So I'll just read what he says. He says, the Wolves traded the silver at the athletic, of course, Sam Vecini, uh, NBA draft team grades. This is actually from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but I think it's relevant, obviously still. And then also because of summer league, it, it got me back to it, um, you know, reviewing what Leonard Miller was doing and the expectations for him. Vicini had written the Wolves traded their first rounder to Utah within the Rudy Gobert deal. Gobert is still good. And even if the deal was an egregious overpay, that pick was just a fraction of what the Wolves gave up to acquire him. The deal included essentially five first round picks, including Kessler, a pick swap, and Jared Vanderbilt. I docked the Wolves one third of a letter grade for for this deal being in that trade. I think he meant to say this pick being in that trade. But I didn't overcompensate for it. So what he's saying is, as part of the Wolves' overall draft grade, he has to consider why the Wolves didn't have a first round pick. And so he docked them a third of a letter grade. He ends up giving them a B plus, so he's saying it would have been an A minus otherwise. I don't actually know why he didn't why it wouldn't have been an A otherwise. Because he loves Leonard Miller. He says the Wolves traded into the top of the second round and got Miller, a player to whom I gave a lottery grade pre draft. Miller was certainly a polarizing prospect for evaluators. Some loved him some Others didn't get it. I'm firmly in the camp of being an enormous fan. I think he has real upside long-term. He goes on to talk about some of the things we've already talked about, that he's a, a ball handler who can attack the glass. He can cover uh, cover ground quickly with long strides. A blend of rare, of athleticism, which this is interesting. He says his athleticism is not traditionally explosive, but he's shifty. He's an elite finisher with incredible touch around the basket. Side note, we saw that in Summer League, right? He wasn't dunking over guys, but he was getting to the basket. And then when he gets there, he kind of explodes... Um, well, he says shifty. I was going to say almost laterally, like he like gets to the rim and he could just finish up and around and over people, but not in a traditional, like dunking over you type of way. And, and we've also seen him try to avoid contact at times, which I think he does pretty well, but he's big enough. He can absorb that contact and, and has enough touch that he can still score. Well, and then he also says, actually he's an elite finisher with incredible touch around the basket, gives you long-term hope An elite shooting coach can fix, uh, uh, well, he doesn't actually, this isn't written out very well, but he's saying could fix his, um, his shooting essentially. Cause that's the one thing that the wolves, the wolves need is, is, um, more perimeter shooting and they need to see from Leonard Miller if he's going to fully develop his game. And he actually goes on to say, if you put time in something, the Wolves undoubtedly will do under Tim Connolly and that sharp front office, Miller is going to give you something valuable. I feel extremely confident in this, even if it takes a year or two to happen. He's also going to coach his staff led by Chris Finch, who allow him to be who he is. He talks about he'll be able to, to grab and go on the break, push tempo, attack within a scheme. Um, and then he says, if it wasn't for Whitmore falling to 20, this would be my steal of the draft. It's a home run for Minnesota. He also talks about Jalen Clark being one of the best defensive players in all of college basketball and him at 53 being a good bet for the wolves. So high, high praise from a, a well-respected draft analyst about uh, both Leonard Miller and Jalen Clark, but especially the wolves in the way that they handled the Leonard Miller selection. Um, and for what we've seen in summer league, that backs all of that up. There's a lot of upside there. And, I keep going back to the word feel for somebody who hadn't played any high level basketball, really at all until G league elite last year. Um, I mean, he looks like he's a professional basketball player, right? Like, and and I don't mean that as like, I don't mean to sound that to come off in a bad way, like in a really good way. I mean, he looks more comfortable than I ever would expected him to would have expected him to and comfortable as a, as a higher usage type role player, which is what his role will be in the NBA. The Wolves aren't going to throw him in the fire immediately, but midseason, if they have a couple injuries, he looks like he could be ready to get out there and and be productive as a, a little bit of a high usage guy. You're not going to run your offense around him, but you'd be comfortable with him with the ball in his hands on an NBA floor. I I really do believe that at this point. So a very good summer league for him and and nice to see more high praise from a draft analyst on what the Wolves did. Um, Finally, the Wolves, it looks like we'll have four guys playing in, in uh feeble World Cup play. We know Anthony Edwards, we talked about that a few weeks ago, is playing for the U.S. I don't think I mentioned this on the show, but Rudy Gobert is playing for France. That's been out there for a while, um, which, of course, he played Eurobasket last year, and that was, say, blamed for some of the issues early in the season. Some of the, um, I don't know, Rudy just looked like he didn't have legs, right, for the first part of the year, um, the, the season, the Timberwolves season. So it certainly seems like I don't think we need to read the tea leaves too hard to to be able to tell the Wolves weren't thrilled about it. But anyway, Ant playing for Team USA hopefully will be a good thing for him. Rudy playing for France. Nikki Alexander-Walker will be playing for Canada, which was announced most recently. That was, I think, middle of last week. And Canada's got a nice roster, by the way. Of course, um, obviously, they've got uh, Sheikh Jus-Alexander and Jamal Murray and Kelly Olitik and some of these guys who are Dylan Brooks, uh, I believe, is on the team. Um, so, very loaded roster. And then also, this hasn't been officially announced, and I may have mentioned it when it was first rumored a long time ago, but Kyle Anderson is supposedly going to play for China. They haven't officially announced that. But that would be four Timberwolves players involved. Uh, Luka Garza's name was floating around as um, as Bosnia, but I don't think he's playing for Bosnia. I believe he's just going to be there as part of training, which I believe Ant did last year or the year before, maybe with Team USA. So, uh, that type of a thing. But anyway... Ant for USA, Gobert for France, Alexander Walker for Canada, and then um, reportedly Kyle Anderson with China. So it'll be fun to check in on that. Give us something to talk about towards the end of August, early September as FIBA World Cup kicks off. Um, The dates are, uh, it is late August. It's like, uh, yeah, August 25th to September 10th. So, I mean, there's only like a week and a half in there before Timberwolves camp kicks off, so maybe two weeks. Um, So it'll be a, a busy, busy September for those four Timberwolves for sure. All right, that's all we have for you today on the show. Again, we will wrap up summer league entirely. And then, I, like I think this is important to get these key takeaways from key Timberwolves players. We didn't talk at all about Brandon Williams. We'll talk a little bit about him. Um, didn't talk at all about him today, I should say. Talked a lot about him last week, but we'll we'll finalize all the thoughts on Summer League Tuesday, and then we'll put it in the rearview mirror and we'll move forward and we'll look at, again, kind of revisit free agency, um, revisit some of the draft stuff. And uh, again, still daily this week and next week. So make sure you're following and subscribed wherever you like to listen to podcasts. A big thank you for those that do make Locked On Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, you can watch on YouTube. You can also watch on the Locked Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.